0: What does Scouter say about his power level? It's over nine thousand. Welcome to Enter VR, the podcast where we talk about everything virtual reality. I am your host, Chris Miranda, and today I am joined by the wonderful Dark Akuma, the creator of the Kokiri Forest. Uh, Oculus Rift demo and experience. Thank you for being on the show, uh, Dark Akuma. Well,
1: thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: Hell yeah, we're going to have some fun. Dark Akuma, sir, what made you want to make Kokiri Forest in virtual reality?
1: Um, let see, I'm a huge uh, Zelda fan. I've been a... Uh, well, Ocarina of Time is pretty much my you know tie for my top three favorite games. And... The Kokiri Forest itself is pretty much the the most memorable place in the game for me.
0: What are your other uh, top two games, favorite games?
1: Uh, you know, a Link to the Past and, uh, and Chrono Trigger.
0: Wow, it's a really
1: it's really hard to pick a number one out of all of them. But i just yeah, they're all in my top three.
0: I am about to say something blasphemous. I have never played Chrono Trigger, even though. Uh, yeah I I know. I, I I I feel I feel bad. Uh because I, I, and here's the thing, Chrono Trigger is one of those games that people rave and idolize and I feel so bad that I feel like I missed out like especially because this the the the, the animation um was created by the same people that created Dragon Ball, so there, it has that this that distinct familiar look like like you're looking at a Dragon Ball anime but it's a video game. What was uh yeah, what was it about Chrono Trigger that you liked? And can you convince me to go back and find it? Uh, i don't know.
1: Chrono Trigger was, it was all, all around a perfect game. It you know at, at least for its time. You know it was, uh, how it holds up uh, over the years is I can't say. I I played it back when it was new, so mm-hmm. that's forever my experience. But uh, back then it was like. You know, great graphics, great sound, great story, great gameplay.
0: It was a 10 out of 10 on pretty much every scale. Yeah. You know, no, please, sorry. That's pretty
1: much
0: it. So, Zelda, so I'm going to tell you something that, uh, even though you're a total stranger, uh, (laughs) I'm going to tell you something that that only a few people know about me. Um, Zelda and Dragon Ball got me through my childhood. Um I had a I had a sort of a, a bipolar childhood. I, I I I had a my my parents separated and and one lived in San Francisco, California and the other one lived in Managua, Nicaragua and I lived uh balancing back and forth between being a lower class lower middle class Nicaraguan kid and a lower middle class San Franciscan kid. And in Nicaragua my my idols were Dragon Ball, but I discovered Zelda here in in the states. And uh, I started playing Zelda since the days of Ocarina of Time. I did. I did not have the pleasure to start off with Link to the Past, but I did hit it up when as soon as I, I had a Game Boy Advance. Ocarina of Time is one of those games that I I go back to constantly and and think about like, man, that those were some good old days. What was it about Ocarina of Time that you liked the most? I
1: I love the story. I guess. So yeah. We're just. I don't know. It's really hard to pick anything from it. Like, you know, reason why I, I always uh, say I like time travel elements from like a, uh, you know, good stories or like games or, yeah, you, know, you know, whatever.
2: Mhm.
1: And uh, you know, that's why I like Chrono Trigger and you know, Ocarina of Time are like my type, two of Mike's top three.
0: Yeah. Did you beat the Water Temple on the first try, or did you rage quit like I did?
1: probably took a little extra time than I would have, uh, I would, uh, you know, playing playing it through again, but, you know, first time through, I think I made it all the way through.
0: Did you ever, uh, have you ever played Master Quest, the, uh, the re release that they did on GameCube, remember?
1: Yeah, I did, uh, once, uh, several years ago. I, I played the regular version, the regular, original one, uh, you know, probably, uh, five or six times, you know, since it was released, and Master Quest just once.
0: What was, you know, I, I had the disc, but I, I never, I probably got to the forest, forest temple. Um, I mean, I, and I, and I don't have a good recollection of how different the dungeons were. Were they, were they that different, the dungeons and master quests? Honestly, I, I don't remember.
1: It's been a uh, while. Yeah, you know, I don't remember too much of the detail, I guess you know, they were the same layout. It was just like, uh, if I remember right, they were just, you know, the, the way you go through the, you know, like each dungeon is a, in a different order.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you play Zelda Majora's Mask?
1: Yeah, I, I played that uh, once. What did you think? I liked it. Uh, for some reason, I you know I pl- I played it when I was brand new, uh, but got to like you know near the end, like maybe three quarters of the way through, and then stopped playing it, and I didn't like beat it until like uh, several years later. Yeah, I don't know why, but it was a you know it's a great game. You know, I just love the you know the, the presentation of it or the the cinematic. Kind of, you, know, it was, you know, back in the day, it was like you know, you didn't see that kind of like cinematic approach to video games too much or like you know it was just yeah it was a pretty good game and I wish they would release that on uh 3ds.
0: Yes, yeah. Nintendo is sitting on a pile of money, and we'll we'll get to Nintendo later because I I, I don't know if you if you know much you know follow what's been happening with Nintendo much, but I uh but I feel like we're gonna start touching that theme later on. But something that stands out for me from Majora's Mask is um that cartridge was gold. I I don't know why, but it was like it was it was such a beautiful cartridge. Like I I remember like being in, a nine year old and looking and just looking at that cartridge and feeling so looking at like it was like magic, like so special. I don't know why. And then and then the commercial for hologram on
1: the, the label was yes. Kind of hologram.
0: They, yeah, they went all out with that cartridge, and then the commercial that they had. Remember, remember, they had this commercial where this kid was 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 all in a, trapped in a white in like a white room, and all, he was trying he was playing video games to save the earth from. That was such an epic commercial. Like, I think they forgot
1: that commercial.
0: Yeah, it's such an awesome. Yeah, it's one of those Nintendo <laughs> moments that they did very very well, like in terms uh, of marketing. I'll tell
1: you about the gold cartridge. Uh, uh, Ocarina of Time came out with a gold cartridge too. I have it yeah you know, it's a yeah you know it's a very first run you know limited edition i think it's like a pre order type thing but uh you know the cartridge is gold it doesn't have a hologram label but the the box cover kind of has like a foil uh uh cover to it
0: that's cool i y yeah i I probably ran into a couple of those, but I'm sure that, do you think ocarina games will become like collector's items one day or perhaps there's just so much out there that who knows? I don't know.
1: Aren't they now? Uh, like I, I I used to uh, sell video games for a living and you know you know, like Super Nintendo games uh, were you know a lot worth a lot more than they were uh, when they were first sold, you know, like uh a Chrono Trigger you know, you know, without a box would be like a hundred dollars and Whoa. That, yeah, it's yeah, you know, with a box, you know, like you can sell the box itself for like thirty dollars or something like that, but uh I I don't know how I haven't you know sold video games uh, for years, so I don't really know prices on things. It's you know there's been so many re-releases of things, you know like uh, you know Ocarina of Time's been re-released on like virtual console and 3DS, so mm-hmm. it's really hard to say how the price is affected.
0: Tell me, I'm I'm fascinated with this 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 part of you that you used to sell video games for a living. How does that what does that look what does that look like? How do you sell video games for a living?
1: I uh, just uh. Yeah, uh, just at a store. It's uh, a retail store. Uh, oh, like a
0: GameStop was, or, or... yeah. Oh, okay, okay, it, okay. It
1: wasn't actual a GameStop. It was a local, uh, local uh, one, but it was uh, like a privately owned thing. But it, yeah, that's how I sold video games.
0: Here's the question: How do you figure out pricing? How do you know whether a game is worth the money?
1: Supply, demand, condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh let's see. Uh, when we first uh what I was first there uh, was eBay was a uh, starting out, so you like you could always like gauge prices off of eBay. Um uh, mm-hmm. Game Crazy and GameStop, uh you know, they weren't quite around then so that yeah, so didn't really have them to compare prices to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, whether it be like new video games, you just sell them for yeah, if they're a used video game, but it's you know been released recently, you just sell like ten, fifteen dollars
0: less than it is new. Huh. What was the most expensive video game you've ever sold or have laid eyes upon?
1: Um. I you know, uh, probably just, a, like a hundred or two hundred dollars. Uh, I, I I've had some friends that uh. I've, like, done collecting. I don't know if I've ever... Remember, uh, I've I paid attention to, like, video games. I know, like, you know, some of, like, the, the most expensive ones. You know, obviously everybody knows about, like... Or probably everybody knows about, like, Nintendo World Championship carts. Yeah, but, uh...
0: No, tell me about this. I, I am not aware of this.
1: Well, uh... Yeah, that's pretty much, pretty, much, pretty much considered the holy grail of uh, video games is... Uh, Nintendo World Championship uh, 1990. Mm-hmm. They were yeah they released about a hundred cards you know like ten or so of them were gold. Yeah. Well, the gold ones were only released or they were given away in like a Nintendo Power, uh, you know, contest. The 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 gray ones were, uh, you know they had an, a championship thing in uh 1990, uh, and the you know they had like a hundred cards and they just you know gave out to contestants or something like that. But yeah, the like the gray ones are worth uh
2: like twenty thousand uh, dollars.
1: What the one. hell? Twenty thousand dollars? the gold ones are uh, I think fifty or up, but they are really no 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 real fixed price. Wow. Yeah, that's those are those are considered I think the most expensive games still, you know, those Nintendo World Championship cards, but there's all sorts of uh just uh lesser uh uh, lesser priced stuff, yeah, you know, like the like the hundred to thousand dollar range.
0: Wow, that uh, that is a world I am not very familiar with, and I'm I'm all of a sudden very fascinated with. That's that's crazy. How big do you think is that is that market of people who are collecting uh video games? <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: I've I, I've seen uh. I, I've seen uh, news stories about people finishing out collections. and you know, yeah, I, I even saw a news story uh, uh, this past couple weeks. Uh, I, there was a g- gray cartridge of the Nintendo World Championship being posted on eBay. Then, uh, like a week later, it was like a gold cartridge with a really messed up label posted on eBay. But, uh, How
0: much did it go for?
1: That I didn't see. I, I think it was, you know, you know I. I this is the case with eBay. It's always asking price versus what they actually get. Mm-hmm. You can you see a listed on eBay and uh, I actually get the asking price, but what it what it actually goes for is uh, the real question. But I, I didn't stick around or pay enough attention to it.
0: Are you a collector yourself, by the way?
1: Only a little bit. Yeah, I or and not so much. Uh, recently, I you know, I, I have a. You know, I don't have a job. I'm on a budget, so I can't really put uh, money into that stuff anymore. But you know, the collection I do have is is all right. It's pretty much just I wouldn't say it's like a super collector, but it's just respectable.
0: You sound very modest and humble, sir. I, I may I may I inquire into uh, what sorts of or what was the last uh, thing you were collecting?
1: not so much I like collecting. I just, you know, you know, I, I got, you know, the games I really wanted years mm-hmm. ago, and I, I still hold on to them. You know, like, I I have, you know, most of the Zeldas from, uh, from before several years ago. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, like, Super Nintendo RPGs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that kind of stuff. Just, those are my favorites, so I, I bought them.
0: What was the last... Have you played all the Zelda games? By the way, I don't know if you can already tell, but I'm a Zelda fan. I'm a big, big Zelda guy. So, I think I can tell. <laughs>
1: um, All of them, uh... So yeah. I I haven't played Oracle of Ages, but I have played Oracle of Seasons, so, or so as a way around. I know I played
2: one of them, but I didn't
1: play the other. Same here. I played... Um, there's a Phantom Hourglass to near the end, but for some reason I didn't finish it. I didn't play Spirit Tracks. Uh, I, I might not have finished uh, uh Minish Cap. I have this problem where I get all the way to the end of a game and then I just lose interest in it for whatever reason. But uh, you know, I guess I'm good. I just like the journey, not so much the. I'm not looking towards the, the goal or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I played Skyward Sword for one level. The There'll be controls. Just kind of uh, uh, didn't agree with me, but everything else, uh, you know, Zelda one and two, Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, uh, Twilight Princess. I think they actually I played that to the end too, but didn't beat it. Mhm. So yeah, those, those are all. Those are I, I all
0: played. What about the the new one on 3DS? Have you checked that one out yet? No, I
1: haven't. Yeah. I, 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 I've watched some uh, let's play type stuff for it, but I, I don't own a CDS right now, so I haven't been
0: able to play that yeah, yet. Same here. I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to um, uh, get the Tooth Fairy to come out and give me some. Oh, actually, I don't even have teeth to fall out. Anyway, no, I you're you're right about Skyward Sword. I uh, I started playing Skyward Sword back in 2012, I think, and and then and then I played for like half the game, and then I left it. And, and just a few days ago, I started playing I started playing it again. And so, di- and so today, I got to the final boss. And I've been rage. I've never thought a Zelda game would make me rage quit. Like like Ocarina of Time, the the Water Temple, it made me sad quit because I, I because it wasn't like it wasn't that kind of frustration that that it was just like ah oh, damn it I don't know what to do it's confusion. So it took me months to go back to it and, and trying to figure it out. But this one. You're right, these Wii controllers are really, really buggy to me. Like, they were, there's, yeah, there was moments in there where, where I was, like, throwing the controller on the ground, like, and yelling. I didn't think I had that in me, but but thankfully, I'm I'm getting through the final boss right now, and it's, uh, playing a Zelda game is such a satisfying experience. I, I feel like it's like a, I feel like it's like a, it's like a book you have to read. Like, you, once you started reading this, you know, that you started reading when you were little, and then, you know, you, they put out... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but like every time there's a Zelda game, I feel like it's a an event for me, like a, like a cornerstone of my life for some reason. Do you think? I don't know. Can you relate? Maybe like let's try to psychoanalyze this thing. Why do you think people can relate or or like Zelda games? Uh, for
1: the best example of adventure, uh, it's. Uh... Yeah, that's they—they have a really good story. Uh, a lot of people like. I'll uh, we were... oh, see. Hmm. It's not an easy question for me, or, for me, but uh, they're, I I might even just to play a plain tribute to Nintendo. Nintendo. They put so much you know, polish into their games yeah. that uh, they can't really help but be good. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, almost all of Nintendo uh, first-party titles end up being, like, like you know, 10 out of 10s or or almost,
0: like, pretty close to it. Yeah. No, I like their model. I One thing that I think about Zelda is, like, the Link character, the reason... The fact that he never speaks a single word, I think, takes away from adding... You know, he has character. He has minimal, like, basic personality. But I feel like it's just enough for, like, Introverted people, or, or, or people who are shy, or people who are uh, who like just video games, can somehow. I think anybody can relate to Link at some point in their life, and and for that reason, I feel like it, you know uh, you embody like you're in that adventure, and you're imbi- you embody Link. You know, it's it's such a relatable character. It's so, and it's such a simple it, it's such a simple thing to do. Just not give him words. Do you think, by the way, do you think a, a Zelda game will, will ever come out where where they'll have Link? speak
1: um i hope so i just want to hear him say you know one line that's <laughs> about it you know just i just want to hear him say excuse well excuse me princess <laughs> that, that, that that would be gold
0: yeah okay
1: <laughs> yeah you know where that is from
0: right is it from uh old school super mario
1: yeah, the, the old Zelda cartoon that we
0: on the Super Mario show. Yes, I remember. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that's a classic game. Going back to what you said about Nintendo, like I like their model. I I like their style. Like, like and it's something that's that is going away. That that uh, that you know, video video game developers who who polish the shit out of their games and don't rely on DLC or updates or patches. You know, you when you sh- I feel like. What Nintendo does is, when they ship a game, they ship a complete game. And and nowadays, you know, and not to knock on EA or or Battlefield, but like I'm a huge Battlefield fan, huge Battlefield fan. And ever since Battlefield 3, like it feels like I'm not I'm paying sixty dollars, but I'm not getting a full game because you're releasing fifty dollars worth of DLC. This is ridiculous. Nintendo, on the other hand, and I don't know if this is biting them in the ass either, because you know. I, their model of of that 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 foundation of just releasing good games when they're ready, is being you know uh, is 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 going counter to what the industry trends feel like they're doing. Like everybody's doing free to play, everybody's doing DLCs and patches and, and and relying on the internet to you know release their you know release patches and, and and their product. But Nintendo doesn't, and I I don't know how how to feel. I you know at one. For, at one point, I feel like, yeah, Nintendo, keep doing what you're doing. But sometimes I feel like Nintendo, y- y- God, you know, release more games already. You know, your Wii U is console is falling behind, buddies. What's your take on that? Like, what do you think on, uh, what do you think about Nintendo's model? Do you think it's hurting them, or do you think is is helping them? Uh, I don't
1: think the, you know, the, the slow release or the, the focus on polishing is uh, hurting them much. You know, it's... They have a reputation, and you know they're you know, by them, you know, taking their time. It's uh, you know they're maintaining that reputation. You, you always know that you know whatever they're coming out with, you can, you can trust it. You know what game they're going to come out with is going to be good. You know, like, like Skyward Sword wasn't for everybody, you know, because of the, the motion controls or whatever. But you know, the, the, I'm. You know, even a little bit I played. You know, it was a good game. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, I heard a lot of people say, you know, it was a great game. Or, yeah. you know, you know there's this trust with Nintendo. Like, if you look back at the whole uh, Wind Waker, uh, you know, ordeal back when that was announced, people wanted a, a you know, a, a sequel to Ocarina of Time. They mm-hmm. wanted, you know, what they eventually became Twilight Princess. That's what they wanted for a graphical style game, but they got Wind Waker instead. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Despite that being, like, I I saw so many uh, you know negative responses to that style, and just despite that, everybody would still say, I don't like this. It looks like really like crap or whatever. But I'm still gonna play it because I know you know the gameplay is gonna be you know you know a plus plus. Yes. Right? Because, yeah, you can you can trust that with Nintendo. Yeah. Other uh, game studios, it's. They're
0: only as good as their last game. Huh. Yeah, you're right, and you know, and and definitely in the eyes of the consumer. You know, you're talking about Wind Waker and I was one of those hypocrites who were uh who were knocking on Nintendo for their art style, but at the same time I was enjoying the shit out of Wind Waker. Oh my god. That last final boss battle, dude, that setting was so epic. And the and I and, and I think the uh the sword play or the, the, the gameplay with the sword was Bar none, like, like, they went, they did so good with Wind Waker in terms of gameplay. You're right, like, yeah, our art style was, you know, not what the fans or a group of the fans wanted, but, but I think not Nintendo what? is one of those companies, they, they are art, they are artists. They, they, they do their art, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. yeah. Do you know if uh have you heard about this new Zelda that's coming out? It's the one they're they're teaming up with the same company that does Dynasty Warriors?
1: Oh yeah. What are your I, thoughts? I've read about that. I haven't played Dynasty Warriors, uh so I don't know, but yeah, you know, it's it's nice to see them uh like I, I the the bits I've read about in movie, that they're one of their strategies to kind of make up for the struggling we is their you know uh Going to be licensing out their characters and such, so, so which is going to probably be great for everybody. You get to see, uh, you know, you know, Nintendo's involvement with you know other you know developers to help make sure their uh, games are a bit more quality.
0: Yeah, I uh I I have high hopes. I hope they don't drop the ball. I mean, I you know Nintendo holds their franchises really really dear and close to them. That it's it's amazing that one of their most beloved franchise franchises, there, you know they're they're actually releasing it and letting a third party developer uh, do something with it. That is, that 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 is actually done
1: that before. We've done that before, like Super Mario RPG was uh, built mostly by SquareSoft. Really? Yeah. uh, uh, I think Minish Cap and uh, Oracle Ages and Oracle Seasons were built mostly by Capcom.
2: Really? The
1: partnership. Yeah, the partnership. And then you got, you know, the negative ones like the licensing of the characters out to fill up seat for the CDI. you know, that didn't go well, but yeah, but they're, they're, they've had some good luck with doing that, and you know, it's more good luck than bad
0: luck. Yeah, I hope, I hope they pull it off. I, you know, I did see a trailer, and I gotta admit, I was not very impressed with the graphics but mind you it, it hopefully it's it's beta beta or or alpha gameplay that or the footage that we saw and I, and I hope they uh they step it up a notch with with the graphics Dynasty Warriors the concept of mixing Zelda and Dynasty Warrior g- gameplay is, is something that I've been thinking about for years I I thought that Link sh- cuz there's uh in the Zelda Ocarina of Time lore there's this they they talk about the war. There's this war between Ganondorf and the and he how he had managed to get the Gerudo the Gerudo people to fight the Halayans, I think, and so there was this massive war and out of that war came Link right I think and and so in my mind I used to think holy shit what how how amazing would it be if if somehow they were they were able to bring you know reenact that war and actually have like Lord of the Rings style fucking battles and you're in there commanding armies and you're link i don't, i don't know or link's ancestor or something that'd be that'd be something that'd be something fresh and new for the fans well, I mean, yeah yeah
1: mixing it up uh trying different things would always sound good uh I, I i i i don't know much about dynasty warriors uh, i't yeah. much anything about it yeah uh, i don't even know what system that was on i if it was on, like, you know, Playstations or Xboxes, I, didn't, I just wouldn't even know about
0: it. I've played it on PS2, and I have a friend who's playing it on PS3 right now, but, but yeah. The the only thing with Dynasty Warriors was just the repetitiveness of it. It wasn't like, yeah, you were just, I mean, sure, some of the tricks and stuff were impressive because you were whooping people's asses, but, like, after a while, it was, like, the same repetitiveness. Do you think a Zelda game would benefit from having multiplayer in it?
1: I did that was uh Four Sword Adventures it was pretty fun.
0: I didn't I didn't play it because I couldn't find friends that had Zelda.
1: Well the major problem with that you know with Four Swords Adventures on the GameCube was you know everybody had to have a Game Boy Advance and a link cable. Yeah. But uh I did I, I played that uh I think three players uh it it was pretty fun. I think I played all the way through myself solo it was uh know, yeah, where you can control all four characters. But uh yeah, it
0: was a pretty fun game. Let me ask you about, let's let's switch tracks a little bit, and let me ask you about virtual reality. Why why are you developing for virtual reality?
1: Um, I've been dreaming for uh, virtual reality since I was a kid, and um, I, I couldn't really wait any longer. I wanted to, you know, I I, I can't afford to get a developer, developer kit right now. The consumer version is still... Possibly a year away. Um, I'm itching to do something with virtual reality, so I, you know, I've been learning game development, and you know, I got a little bit bored with uh, the learning, and I wanted to start putting what I've been learning to use. So yeah, that's why I started developing the, the, the demo.
0: What influences you? What what influences do you have uh, towards virtual reality? What's what's what? Yeah, wh- where did the seed get planted?
1: Like everybody, just like early 80s, early 90s, like TV and movies, uh,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. pretty much where it came from. I didn't own a Virtual Boy when I didn't even play it till years after it failed. But uh, yeah, just the movies and ideas of the stuff was enough for me to where I've always wanted it.
0: Is there one that sticks out particularly? Is there one particular influence or experience in a movie that sticks out above the the rest?
2: Um,
1: I, I don't think so. I, I, it's just a general idea. Mm-hmm. They've all pretty much added together and pretty much uh, psyched me up for it. Uh, what? Obviously, there's are uh, big examples that i have uh, taken to a new level. Like you know, Matrix was a you know a a pretty big deal, a pretty uh, good uh you know, dive into that type of, uh, you know, you know, thinking about virtual reality.
0: Yeah. Are you, uh, what, what is your, what is your goal? What is your, what are your aspirations now that you're, uh, in part of this, part of this world, part of this new medium of information exchange? Oh, is virtual reality or
1: just, uh, developing or what?
0: Yeah, like, what is your ultimate goal? What is your dream?
1: hopefully learn enough about game development to start making my own, uh, you know, my own original games from the ground up.
0: Hmm. Original virtual reality games?
1: Yeah. I, I, I've i been doing, like, programming uh, for years, and I, I have not really... I, I, you know, I could have always, you know, experimented or, you know, learned uh, game development, but it wasn't until virtual reality and Oculus Rift uh, you know, started making waves that it's the actual game design and development uh, sounded interesting, and the Rift, Virtual Reality, are the only reasons I'm interested in game design right now.
0: At what point did the Rift convince you that this was it?
1: Um, I think I on the Kickstarter. Yeah, you know, I, was, I I they, uh, they, they 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 talked the right talk back then, and I, I was pretty certain that uh, you know as long as they. They kept saying the right things you know they were going to that were going to bring it, and this was going to be the finally the v r revolution that uh that happened in the nineties
0: Do you ponder much about what could this v r revolution could could bring to us to society, or are you more focused on doing doing your thing
1: I think about all this, all the Benefits you know here in Maryland. I discuss them on the forums and you know Reddit and all that. It's you know, I'm pr- primarily uh, concerned it's about young know, gaming, but uh, yeah, it'll it'll be uh, great for like cinema and education and, uh, and all that too.
0: Yeah, what do you think? Uh, what do you think will be the best gaming experiences or you know, for virtual reality? What do you... Have you thought about well, let's let's switch that up? What do you think will be the killer app that everybody talks about?
1: Um. Well, I'm not sure exactly. I, I know it won't be a first-person shooter, you know. Mm-hmm. You
2: know,
1: everybody's gonna be, I mean, every your brother is gonna be trying to make first-person shooters for. That's just the most, the, the most natural transition. But I, I guess I think something that's uh, a lot slower paced, you know. You know, you know, it's probably a bit more marketable. You know, you know, like media can uh, talk about it. You know, first person shooters. You know, media doesn't so much like talk about you know violent type games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so something you know that's possibly uh, relatively all ages. Uh, yeah. You know, anything that's uh, <sighs> something that takes you the, the furthest away from reality. You know, like a uh, I mean, like, think about something like you know Call of Duty. That's something that you know the, the setting is something that exists in reality. But something like uh, Zelda, for example, would, that that doesn't exist in reality. That's something, that, that's uh, some, you know the the, the the physics, the setting, you know the, the you know magic, you know all that kind of stuff. It doesn't exist in reality. So that's it's a completely new experience.
0: Speaking of Zelda in virtual reality. I I've, I've been thinking about like, cause I I've seen the numbers. I've seen the Wii U sales numbers. I've seen, I mean, I feel like I've se- I'm I'm uh, we are witnessing the unraveling decline of Nintendo. I mean, it's I, I I'm sure they have a lot of money in their coffers left over from the surplus of you know the fuck tons of money they made from the Wii, but I I would I would ha- I would argue that Nintendo is is having a bit of an innovation problem. I think I what. I honestly think that if Nintendo wants to come back and, and you know, really be a meaningful player in the video games, hardcore, at least with the hardcore crowd, you know, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to take virtual reality. I mean, they did it once, they did the Virtual Boy, why can't they come back and, and try to, I don't know, partner with Oculus or Valve or or, or, or do something, what do you think?
1: Obviously, they are going to be aware of the rift in virtual reality, uh, you know, they, they tried it in the past, in the mid-90s, and that was such a miserable failure, and that was pretty much one of their first, uh, and, and pretty much only failure for our, the longest time, you know, people might have said that N64 was a failure, the GameCube was a failure, or whatever, but they those actually were wild successes. They actually made money, whereas... Uh, other co- consoles were actually in the hole. Yeah. But, uh, see, uh, they are they're, they're probably, I'd at least like to think that they were aware of, or, you know, or considering virtual reality, uh, years ago when they were about ready to, ready to announce a Wii, there was a, a bit of hype, uh, based, based off of a fake video, but it was a bit of hype for a, a while that you know, Nintendo was going to release a virtual reality system. Uh, did you ever see the Nintendo On video?
0: No, no, no. Tell me about this.
1: Oh, it was a, a demo made by, uh, by somebody. It was like it was like a four-minute-long demo that just cuts out, but it was just pretty much saying, you know, we, it was released at a time that uh, we didn't know that there was going, or what the Nintendo Wii was going to be. It was still called Revolution. We didn't know anything about motion controllers and, this was, like, a very convincing, uh, fan-made demo that made it seem like this is what Nintendo was going to release. Like, it was like, they made this demo, but it somehow got leaked out. But it, yeah, and it just shows, like, uh, you know, a virtual reality h- headset, and, uh, you know, it's a bit, like, a guy standing in a room near a base station on the floor, so it was stepping forward, that was showing the positional tracking, and, uh, it, they did a cool little uh animation of like mario's castle from uh, mario sixty four where it uh yeah it, it was, how, how do i explain this it was uh, they used one they used one uh, instance of mario's castle from uh, mario sixty four to represent one pixel of the same castle you know, hmm. kind of like zoomed out and it was just like this massive stack of mario 64 castles and it was just like supposed to be representing like uh the the, the the leap and like horsepower and you know ram and all that stuff you know for the console wow it's just a, it a really interesting thing but yeah like i figured back then they had to be uh considering it again and you know anybody in the gaming right now that's not considering Rift or virtual reality, because of the Rift is gotta be insane.
0: It's like uh, it's like it, it, I I think about it this way. I think that Nintendo is blockbuster, and right now blockbuster is ignoring the internet, and uh, the internet being virtual reality. Speaking of virtual reality, and and uh, I've been reading Masters of Doom, the story of John Carmack and John Romero and how it its software came about. And in one of those in one of those chapters, they talk about how Carmack uh, was able to port over Carmack and Romero were were able to port over Super Mario from the Super Mario to to play seamlessly on the on the PC. They were they were they were able to they didn't even port over. It wasn't a port. It was like they they created it. They they copied it over. They they the art style everything, and then they sent a copy to Nintendo. And Nintendo was like, "eh, mm, well, we'll pass." Have you, have you yourself thought about like sending a, a copy of Kokiri Forest to to Nintendo? Have you considered working for Nintendo ever?
1: Um, I'd say, uh, I haven't considered uh, sending it to them. I would love for them to play it. It's, you know, it's kind of a, a scary uh, proposition uh, to think about them playing it in a way because you know I, I'm using their intellectual property, but. Uh, it's uh, I would love for them to play it in VR because I, they, they, I, I, I'm almost certain they, they make make games that they love. Yeah, you know, they 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 had to they had to love like Zelda as much as everybody else does. So they they would probably, I'd hope they would enjoy it too. Yeah. But yeah, as far as working for Nintendo, I of course I'd probably you know, love to do that if I actually was talented enough. But I'm just a
0: hobby developer right now. No, so your talents uh shine right through. Don't please do not be so humble. Um do you know you know I think that Nintendo is is really sitting on a pile of money because I'm willing I I I am also underemployed. I I don't have a, a lot of money. My, I'm always I'm always living on a budget, but I am willing to sell drugs and sell my body for money. If Nintendo comes out with Mario Kart, Zelda, Banjo Kazooie, all of them uh, somehow modified and and, and made uh, possible to be played in VR, I you know because I was in Kakiri Forest and it, this is, this Russian nostalgia, I can't explain it, man. It felt so weird and good to like uh, to feel like a kid again, to feel nine years old and, and, and be inside Kokiri Forest, thank you. I need to, you know what, first of all, I need to thank you. Because that was, that, that experience was eye-opening, and then and then my Rift broke. But, but my God, thank you. That was, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're awesome. <laughs> it sounds
1: like Nintendo 64 graphics, you know, don't agree with Rift, they, they, they break them, um, they break uh, computers, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're, you're welcome. I'm, I'm, Glad to hear that like you and I—I'm I, glad to hear everybody is enjoying the demo so much. It's—I've you know, heard a lot of good feedback about it, and just a lot, pretty much the same stuff. It's just like it's a massive uh, burst of nostalgia.
0: It's—it's it's so good, yeah. You're—you are—you uh, are pulling at my heartstrings, good, sir. Um
2: yeah.
1: I, I can't wait until uh, I get a rift one day and I, I'm able to play it. That's the whole reason I made it is uh, I, I didn't intend to release it when I did, but I was, you know, intending to make it and uh, I was pretty much probably going to sit on it until whenever consumer version one came out and I got that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I, I released it ahead of time, but I'm glad that uh, I'm able to live. The, Live through
0: they, other people that enjoy the experience that they're getting from it. Yeah, you're. Yeah, again, I hope you. I hope uh, you are able to get yourself a hands on a Rift or a DK2. Hopefully, DK2 comes out soon because uh, I, I can't yeah. wait. We <laughs> yeah, probably were reading the
1: news today. I, I think that's just speculation, but yeah, I I don't know if I'd be able to get a DK2 too soon, but. Uh, hopefully I can figure out something. I would love to be able to figure out something before uh, Consumer Version 1 because uh, who knows when that's coming out. Well, am right this year early next year.
0: Let's move to uh, Colorado or uh, Washington State and we'll start becoming uh, marijuana dealers or something. <clears throat> really, there's money there. I'm not even kidding. Do you think uh, uh, the thing I was going to ask you, like, how did you make it? Did you use Unity? How did you find the textures? Did you create them yourself? How, what was that problem? Yeah, tell me about this.
1: <laughs> I I did use Unity to build it, but the the, the, the textures, uh, they are actually from the ROM itself, from the actual game. I Recreating those by hand, you know, to, to try to shoot for the accuracy that I was going for would, would have been just ridiculous. But the models... Uh, are kind of a similar result like that, it's, uh, the base models are actually taken from, well, ripped from the memory of the active emulator. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I get the models and I get the textures and I have to combine them together and I have to, you know, start adding scripts and, you know, it's a lengthy process.
0: How many hours did you put into it to, to come out, you know, the whole thing, the demo. Oh, I'm
1: not certain off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I wanna say like, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm a really real noob. I don't. I'm not sure how it is, you know, the, the amount of time I'd be putting into it. It'd probably be like 20 or 30 hours. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, if I had more experience, or actually. If I had the experience I do now, you know, when I started the project, it would have probably been a lot quicker.
0: For sure. And the music was also, they also came in with the with the ROM as well?
1: Uh, the music, I got off the internet somewhere, and then I switched to uh, some uh, audio programs to uh, split it up and make it play perfectly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was a little bit tricky getting it to leave right.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I'm still hung up on that idea of, of sending, sending that demo to Nintendo. What are the possible scenarios that could happen? Uh, in my head, I think, one, they'll say they won't respond. Two, they'll be like, cool. Cool. <laughs> and that's it. Or three, they'll say, hey, you need to, I mean, cause you're not making money off of it, so it's not like they're gonna sue you. It's not like they could, they could tell you, you know. Or could so, they?
1: There, there's a, uh, there's a, uh... There's precedent from other companies sending cease and desist. You know, Lame. even if you're not making money off of something, it's like, you know, you know since you said you don't, you haven't played Chr- Chrono Trigger, you might not know about it. But there was a ROM hack that, you know, a couple of years ago that was pretty famous because Square s- sent, a, you know, a, a cease and desist about it to the people who were making It a, a ROM hack of Chrono Trigger called uh, Crimson Echoes. Uh, and That
2: made, yeah, you
1: know, that made a lot of, pr- you know. You know, internet press and uh, you know, another related one is a, a project called uh, Chrono Resurrection, which was uh, an attempt to remake Chrono Trigger in CD. You know, very you know, it's sent them a cease and desist about that too. But there's been a, a few cases like that, and I can't really think of any others, but those are the, the bigger ones that I can think of. Yeah, so Nintendo could very well uh, do that. Yeah, uh, it's you know, if I was to send it to them. I would think they would send it to their lawyers, Their lawyers would say, oh, "You need to stop this right now. whether i not making money out of it, and that which is going to be not." But yeah, they would still send a cease and desist. Damn. But still, hopefully, uh, still hopefully, play it and enjoy
0: it. Yeah, or or in a weird uh parallel universe, they'll be like, "We need to call this man. This man needs to get hired immediately." In a parallel weird universe that. I, I... I
1: would like that. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, but it's yeah, I'm realistic. It's not going to happen. It, I, I I can't take you know all the credit because all, all I'm doing is you know I'm recreating the game that they already created. You, mm-hmm. know, you know the the textures and models were a helpful start, but there's a lot of other stuff that I have to fine tune to actually just to get it making get you it know, get it looking similar to the N64. Yeah. I could have gone other directions, but I I chose to go with the accuracy of what they, what
0: they presented. Are you planning on working on the demo further, uh, adding adding extra stuff, or, or are you working on something else?
1: Um, originally, I wasn't planning on it, but the, the feedback has been pretty good, and, uh, and a lot of people have been supportive. And, uh, you know, I, I j- you know, just got a couple of uh, trial keys, uh, you know, from a couple of amazing people the has a day to where I can actually, you know, like, the, 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 one of the big problems was to continue working on it, but, um, you know, I, I had a Unity Pro trial, and in order to, in order to build this uh, Oculus Rift stuff with Unity, you have to have a Pro. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to have a Pro or a Pro trial, and my trial ran out, so I couldn't really do anything more if I wanted to, but... So, yeah, I got some uh, trial keys. I can, and, you, know, to, you know, live up to you know the generosity of these uh, people. I'm going to continue it. So I've been thinking about, you know, what direction to go in the past few days. And yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to continue. I'm, uh, i probably make an official announcement here, but it's uh, I'm going to, you know. Make a new project. You know, it's, I can't call it Kokiri Forest anymore because it's not going to be just Kokiri Forest. So it's yeah, I'm tossing around some n- names right now, and the 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 one that sounds the best to me is called a uh, Project Ocarina. Mm. It's, it's, it, it, it or it conveys everything I need just writing in the name. But, yeah, I'll I'll be adding more areas and fine-tuning the experience a bit.
0: Why? Why do I have uh, butterflies in my stomach as you speak about these things? Why? I, you are—I'm uh, already in love with it, man. I, I can't wait. And and thank you for uh, teasing te- teasing this, this out because I'm really excited for this. Uh, holy moly, this is crazy. This is awesome. I, I never thought I, I you know because I thought about like when the with the when the rift first came out like you immediately think like oh imagine playing this imagine playing that imagine playing Zelda in VR and here here you here we are and and now there's this um uh, virtual reality dot has Zelda VR this this I think it's is linked to the past how they how's the the very first Zelda
1: wow. I saw that today too is Zelda one uh, just the Legend of Zelda.
0: Yeah, I uh, I wish I could play it. My wrist is broken, but it looks pretty cool. I never got to play. I never got around to playing that first. Maybe I played like a first dungeon, but I never beat that that first Zelda. Um, but it looks pretty cool. I gotta say. Although I I must I must admit that Nintendo 64 the you know the 3D graphics it just I mean you have a 3D world you might as well utilize it. I figured that I d that developer went really out of his way. Whoever did that to like. You know, you know, bring this 2D world into 3D virtual reality. That I'm sure that took some time.
1: I, based on my experience, I'd say the the graphics uh, and the modeling was possibly the easier part. You know, because just I, it looked like he used like a Minecraft texture, oh. a Mo- Minecraft modeling pack, and put some uh, regular textures on it. But the the programming behind that, I think he pretty much had to. Re- You know, reprogram Zelda one from scratch.
0: Yeah, that's. Do you have a particular N sixty four game that you like to bring back uh, aside from Zelda, or that you'd like to see sometime in the future? Um, Let's
2: see.
1: Uh, I was thinking about uh, like uh, when I first uh, made the Terraria forest demo, uh, you know. Yeah, it's about a week into my uh making it, uh someone else well, uh, released uh, a Quickerity Forest demo. It wasn't as polished as mine, but yeah, he released it and yeah, I figured he has to be continuing work and I came up with my thinking about dropping my project, I was going to uh switch to a different one. I was thinking of making uh Shadowgate sixty four and uh V
0: R. ER. Shadowgate. I've never heard of Shadowgate before. Tell me about this.
1: You have you heard of the original one?
0: Even? No, man, I am, whoa, I am, I'm okay. shocked. <laughs> oh,
1: it, the, the original one was on, uh, well, for me it was on NES, but it was on a, you know, computer back then, too, I forget which one, or which ones, but it, it was an NES game, it was, like, pretty much of a, of a series of three on NES, you know, it was, like, Shadowgate, The Uninvited, and Deja Vu, and there were just, like, um um, I do yeah, they're kind of like a they're a point and click puzzle, you know, you know, fantasy adventure type thing. And uh, I, I think the, a lot of people have played uh, Shadowgate. That was the, the, the most famous of them, but uh, uh, so a lot of people know about that uh, one. But not enough people knew about uh, Shadowgate '64, even the fans of the original Shadowgate. Not enough knew about Shadowgate '64. So it was a, a game that was not really. A, you know, getting its, uh, you know, time in the spotlight, and,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: you know, I, I think about, you uh, recreating that, I, that, you know, I, it, it would be a, I could do a little bit more than just creating, uh, levels, or just creating, like, an a exploration, like, ooh, look at the walls, or the, the books, or whatever type of thing, yeah, I could actually make gameplay on that, because I think that game, that game itself would, uh, translate better to, uh, VR like it is I'd probably compare it to Myst
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you, you, have you played Mist or heard of Mist? I've heard of Mist a lot yeah yeah I would probably compare that to that but, but the, the biggest problem was uh, I, I experimented with it for a day or so but the big, biggest problem with that is it, it just the the graphics do not hold up as much in my memory uh, it seems to make them do <laughs> yeah it's um uh, it, it would be uh It'd be a lot of work for something that just looks weird or looks not as good. I, would, I'd, if I was to recreate it, I'd probably want to do it from scratch, not do it like a, a clone or Nintendo 64 graphics, and I'd, I'd just do something in Unity, you know, from the, from the ground up.
0: Right. You know, one, one, one game that comes to mind when I think about Nintendo 64 era that I, I think would be amazing um, would be a Star Wars Rogue Squadron. That. that uh,
1: a good game in nice. I That one is underappreciated. Yes, it is. Actually, no, I'm. Actually, no the pardon, I think I barely played it. I'm taking a Shadows of the Empire.
0: Oh, that one. I and didn't that, get to play that one very much, but I heard that, really good things about it.
1: Shadows of the Empire got a, a lot of, you know, a lot of slack back in the day. I, I never understood why, but it was. I think it's getting a bit more appreciated uh, over the years.
2: Hmm. And, you
1: know, kind of like Majora's Mask. Back when Majora's Mask came out, it was there was a lot of negative opinion about it, but over the years, it's you know get, get, been getting the credit and you know the nostalgia attention that it deserves. You know, a lot of people look look at it a, a lot more fondly now, which is great.
0: Yeah, I think uh, immediately when I think about Star Wars games, the only two that I really stand out for me are Rogue Squadron and Star Wars Battlefront two. Battlefront was uh amazing, amazing gameplay. Um, for yeah. So uh, did you yeah, get to? I, p- I don't remember much
1: about Warfront. I was, well, I think I was, you know, you were flying around in a, you know, spaceship, right? Yep, yep. yep. Uh, that, that's about all I remember from it.
0: What games do you play now? What keeps you busy? Uh, I mean, you know, when you're not uh programming or uh you know in your spare time, what what video games are you are you gaming nowadays? i um,
1: not really playing much at the moment but um I mostly when I play games I mostly play uh you know MMOs or you know emulator games or something like that
2: hmm
1: what was... I uh, like for MMOs I, play, uh, I I play World of Warcraft off and on although I'm probably not playing that anymore mm-hmm. uh I play uh some uh EverQuest on the emulator servers um mm-hmm. uh, that's mostly it. You know, MMOS
0: can take up my a lot of time, so I don't really need to play so much other stuff. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm fearful of MMOS for for some reason. I uh, I'm scared of getting sucked in. I I have a bit of an obsessive personality. Like if I get if I get hooked into something, I'm going to you know throw myself completely at it. And and for that reason, I I. I sort of steer clear from World of of Warcraft or uh, EverQuest or uh, 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 EVE.
1: Yeah, I completely understand. EverQuest used to get called, uh, or its its nickname was Evercrack.
2: Oh my god.
1: I earned that for a reason. I used to want to tell people to play the game, but I'd always tell them, you know, I'd recommend this game, but it's too addictive. it, It would... You know, it just uh, take too much, uh, or it'd be like change your world, pretty much too much.
0: What's the worst thing that could, What's the worst thing that could happen? I mean, if you're, if you're, I mean, when you're talking about like, you know, uh, let's say, let's say I want to play EverQuest. What sort of, what, how would you warn me? What would you tell me?
1: If you're in a relationship, you're not going <laughs> you know, Whoever you're in a relationship with needs to play too, or else it's not going to last very well. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a big one. You know, you know World of Warcraft, you know, you know required some time or, you know, each day, but, you know, nothing like EverQuest. EverQuest was a huge time sink to, to where uh, you'd spend, like, half your day in the game you know, in order to get you know, something done.
0: Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
1: For most people, it's a bad thing. It's it, it, there was good parts to it. You know, it having a game that requires uh, you know so much time makes it uh or to, to get you know one thing means you when you do achieve something, the the, the feeling and the rewarding feeling you get from that is that much better. And that's you know something I do miss. You know, I I don't think it needs to be quite as big of a time sink to to get that feeling, but, mm-hmm. like, in World of Warcraft, I, I can never, yeah. or I, I was never happy in World of Warcraft, everything was just so easy, just so quick, so easy, like, you know, oh. I, I played a rogue there, and they had a, uh, you know, for some reason, they only do, like, one, uh, major, you know, or one type of class, or whatever, it gets a, a, a big, uh, long quest at a time, they call a legendary, mm-hmm. and, uh, I got my Legendary on my Rogue in that game and it was not, you know, I was happy and it was pretty much one of the better experiences of that game, but comparing that to, like, getting, you know, the equivalent in EverQuest is, like, it was like there was no comparison. Every achievement in EverQuest was just, like, so much
0: more rewarding. We're talking about addiction. We're talking about MMOs. And we're, and, and we, and this is the podcast about everything virtual reality, so I'm going to ask you... Do you think MMOs will have a more lasting or a, or a bigger impact on people inside of virtual reality in terms of, you know, rates of addiction or keeping people inside? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not too
2: sure.
1: I a lot of the... Uh, but as you see in the scene right now, is a lot of the uh, game support for Rift is, or that they're talking about, is just kind of like tacked on. Like they're going to support Rift, but it's kind of tacked on as sort of an afterthought.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, and the experience is just not going to be, you know, that you know that compelling, you know, when when it's an afterthought adding it. It's you know, years from now, you know, you can we can see stuff like. Uh, you know, comparable to like sword art online or dot you know, hack or excel world or something but uh yeah that's going to be a you know after uh vr proves itself to everybody to or the mainstream of yeah, people
0: yeah i mean not to name names but i'm going to name names star citizen is one of those people that uh is is i feel like is tacking on uh virtual reality on it on them. I, I mean they I, I I don't know if it.
1: I, I think they're doing it borderline. Yeah? Mm-hmm. At times it sounds like they're 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 really gung ho about it and it's, they're doing it like, you know, they're designing it for virtual reality from the start, even though they're designing it for a screen to uh doing it parallel. Yep. Other times not so much.
0: Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out later on because. Because that's a big gamble for them, I think. Um, and for that matter, I, I I can sort of understand their side, for, you know, to try to hedge their bets. They're they're trying to, uh, you know, not to over on virtual reality. Uh, but if but I would say, it, it I mean, it does
1: kind of make you wonder that they're uh, you know if they're uh, you know if they're doing it like you're saying is they're not putting too much uh you know back into or backing into it because you know. You know, Oculus. You know, they could have chose their partner was like one of two spaceship type. You know, producing uh you know, game developers. Mm-hmm. And they chose you know CCP, as it is called, for well, Eve Valkyrie. You know, rather than Star Citizen. And Star Citizen, you know, fund it's like or so much funding. It's you know just such a big known thing right now. Whereas Eve is. Eve is a, or only eve is only known through Oculus. yeah so so yeah, yeah, this kind of makes you wonder is like they they could have
0: chose either of them so but they chose you know, eve Valkyrie. i yeah i i think yeah i think the dilemma that a lot of developers face uh, uh in terms of you know especially especially when they're noticing as you know i can i can understand like you notice this thing this rift this virtual reality thing is really happening. But you've been developing this game for this long, and I I can see the appeal to try to port it over. But here's the thing: I think that you know, really, 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 if you want to be successful, I think that you have to start from the ground up, and 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 from the ground up, you know, throw all your resources in to make sure that this is a good experience for virtual reality. Period. Like, because I, this is a whole. I feel like this is a whole new medium of information, even. Even the people at Oculus, like I saw a, a, a talk with Palmer, and even Palmer was admitting, like even us, we don't know everything that works and what doesn't. And so, and so, why would, in my opinion, like why would developers, have, having no, having known so much uncertainty, why would they put in, why would you want to go half-ass? That's what I'm saying. Um, where but but at the same time yeah I mean, you know it's it's a high risk sort of uh sort of thing people got to pay their bills so i understand hedging your bets at the same time do you would you see would you see yourself doing that though like do you think that you would be you know if you if uh, would you get caught up in that dilemma you know virtual reality versus regular paradigm or which one would you choose if you had to be in that position
1: uh it's hard for me to answer, because the whole reason I'm you know doing any uh, development or game design you know, is because of the Rift. I'm designing, yeah, you know, I'm you know anything I'm going to make right now in the foreseeable future is going to be designed for the Rift. And you know a regular screen is going to be the afterthought. But uh, you know if I was in other people's position, you know, um, I I don't know it's. It's
0: hard to say. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely hard to say. Do you know if... Uh, do you know how how long do you think uh, before virtual reality becomes mainstream? Have, have you pondered about that? Um, I haven't really thought so much about that, exactly. But uh, well,
1: it's already... Uh, in a sense, it's kind of mainstream as far as... Like, the, the, you know, as a topic of conversation, like people, are, you, you, people know the list a lot more now. It's been in a lot of, uh, it's done a lot of press outside of, uh, you know, you know the, the general VR scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like uh, mainstream adoption, you know, like where people who, uh, you know, <clears throat> like you know, like the people who like go to, you know, a supermarket or like a Walmart and see uh oh a walkie, was rift I will mean, try that.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know, it's that's probably uh, probably three years after the uh, after the consumer version is out. It's at first it's going to be uh you know, mostly uh you know enthusiasts and it's going to slowly uh, appeal to uh you know regular or hardcore gamers even though most of them are on
0: consoles. I think I'm thinking, but more I'm hoping that it's going to convert
1: a lot of console gamers over to PC. I'm a huge PC fan, and I'm not so
0: much a console fan lately. My, so, go, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. You, up. yeah uh, so my my hope is for neither consoles or PC to get grab grab a hold of virtual reality. My my hope is that uh, Android or mobile platforms somehow are able to I, over time. I think, you know, at the rate that technology and processors are, 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 um, are, are, uh, are, are being developed. Like I think that five years to say, to say in five years, we will all have virtual reality in our pockets is not that crazy. So, so my, my hope is that, you know, virtual reality becomes a thing that we just carry around in our pockets Whether it be a pair of glasses or, and it runs on Android, but why? Why do you think PC over console uh, at this point? And have you thought about Android, by the way? Um, let's see. I I
1: think the even if I understand the whole mobile thing, you know, it's it'd be nice to be able to. uh, you know, play virtual reality on the go, but uh, as you think about the expansion of uh, VR beyond just uh, heading on a head-mounted display, it's you know, you know, but, uh, it's just like positional tracking is not going to ever work all that well in the uh, mobile or you know, uh, haptics when when this hap- good haptics hmm. and just good controls, uh, you know, like you uh, uh, um, know, positional controls uh, get you know, get, get nailed down. It's not going to transition as well to the mobile for me or i think uh yeah because it's just so much uh, hardware that you'd have to uh, have you know so it's uh yeah i, I don't think yeah, the android experience will be you know there but it, it'll always be better with dedicated hardware you know, the Android stuff, you know, or uh, mobile stuff like GPUs and all that stuff are going to get faster and faster. But I still think you know, desktop is always going to be, you know, you know, that much better, and you're going to always want the best experience possible for a, uh, you know, longer game sessions. For sure. So I think I think it's just, yeah, it's it's just kind of like the whole, uh, you know, you know, what started pretty much in the early '90s, late '80s was two versions of like, gaming, where it's like, well. Uh, Technically, three, but there's like pretty much two versions of popular gaming consoles and handhelds, and that's what gaming is still going to be. Or handhelds are going to be like mobile devices, and you know consoles are you know probably going to be like uh, a merger of you know computers and you know you know current consoles.
0: Yeah, I think. What do you think? uh, What do you think are the biggest obstacles for for, for the PC to uh, to to overtake the consoles?
1: Um. Well, I think Steam has uh, helped. You know, one of them. I was going to ask you about uh, that. Yeah. Steam is uh, making uh, availability of games. Uh, you know, a lot better. Um. Uh, see. Um. Uh, yeah, they, 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 uh, they can put them out for cheaper, so which is always a huge plus compared to consoles where you're paying like fifty to eighty dollars a game. Yeah. It so, you know, could be the same, but uh. Um, uh, the other hurdles are uh, you know, the the being able to upgrade uh, or the confusion in, in upgrading, you know, PCs and you know, and getting their performance and all that out of it, which hopefully Steambox is going to uh you know, fix a bit.
2: Mm-hmm. And the
1: last one would be uh piracy, which is I think the biggest one to uh game developers is you know, they, they like the security on the consoles. The the piracy rate is so much lower that you know that
2: that's pretty much why they develop
1: on consoles. Yeah. See, that's why when you see, you see, play, you see a PC games, for not until like six months after the console port was released, at least for
0: the, the multi-platform stuff. So it's a question of so for for the publishers and the developers is a question of control, right? You know, controlling your IP. Because uh, every time I see like a for Grand Theft Auto 4 or Grand Theft Auto 5 now, like they're they're modding the shit out of that game, and that's awesome. But I don't know if, you know, but, like, you know, what you said earlier, like, I don't know if developers, creators, and publishers like Nintendo, for example, would be very uh, reticent to the idea of having people mod and, and, you know, put virtual reality in Kokiri Forest, sort of. So for that, I think I I see the point that having, for them, having consoles that they can control, that they can have you know, a harder, you know, where people can have a harder time trying to pirate, for them it's a it, it, it's it's not, I don't know if consoles are ever going to go away in, in their mind, but virtual reality might make them, you know, adopt a new model or, or who yeah. knows, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I I kind of think of a similar line is you know, it's not necessarily going to be just, you know, consoles buy out and the PC is going to be left standing, you know, everything is pointing t- towards a, a merger, you know, like, consoles from years ago, compared to consoles right now, they're, they've uh, incorporated so much, and, you know, they, in a sense, they've merged a lot of things that were traditionally PC. Yeah. You know, and, like, you know yeah, if consoles were to exist for several more generations, they, they might be somewhat indistinguishable from PCs, you know, they might just pretty much be considered PCs without the ability to upgrade, although I think the Ability to upgrade components is going to be, uh, you know, helpful. I, I really think, you know, it's, Steambox sounded like a silly idea at first, but it, at least to me. But you know, as I thought about it more and more, it, it really sounds like it's the right way to go to kind of bridge the, the gap.
0: Speaking of Steambox, have you you have you seen what Valve was doing with their own virtual reality headset? Sure. At Steam Dev Days, they were showing off their own VR that H and D that they were developing. Why? Why would they do this? And and do you think maybe Valve is is toying with the idea of, of jumping in the market, or is this? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Why would they? Why would they create their own head, headset just just cause? That, I I don't I don't get it. Uh, I think just I
1: think Valve is just forward thinking. They uh, they their game. Of, They're into gaming uh, in every possible way. They want to see, you know, they're they're gamers and they want to see, you know, gaming go a certain direction. They don't necessarily, I don't think they're necessarily going to build virtual reality uh, devices. I just think they want to help direct people to do so and make virtual reality content so so they can make virtual reality content. Yeah. yeah, if you look at the, like, the last generations of you know, gaming, it's, it's kind of grown stale, you know, like consoles, uh, they weren't really, you know, each game are just getting a little bit more graphics and mm-hmm. they, they weren't really producing much uh, different, you know, content between the different uh, versions of the game. And PC, you know, PC specs, you know, they kind of, uh, you know, plateaued for several years uh, and the the games weren't the games were getting more and more graphics but they weren't looking and they weren't impressing anybody in any other ways either uh, mm-hmm. so but you yeah, know there's just a, a stagnation and staleness in the gaming market but uh I think they're just they're wanting to make sure to, to do everything they can to where you know they're, they're they're gonna change that they're gonna bring in this new thing you know' just like uh, mobile gaming was a, such a new genre hit and what we when it came out? you know kind of changed the you know the whole interaction with gaming and yeah you know, they're just trying to uh be at the forefront of that in, in a sense
0: I think you're I think you're hundred percent right in terms of the uh what you said about gaming being the current status of gaming is a bit stagnant, I think that uh. I started really beat gaming when I, in the Nintendo 64 era. When I, I, I was, you know, I started with, with 3D graphics. That was my, you know, first entry into gaming. And so ever since then, I you know, as a consumer, I've been sort of asking myself more or less, like, all right, Nintendo, all right, Sony, what are you showing me this time around? You know, whether it be PlayStation 2, GameCube, Wii, Wii U, PS3, PS4, Xbox One, whatever, like, you console maker what are you showing me the consumer that i haven't seen before and that question keeps you know every, every time i every time i answer that question every console generation that comes around i get i feel i feel like there's a disappointing answer because i am not i'm not impressed i you know i'm still playing with a controller with a screen in front of my face you know just like i used to when i was 9 years old and and yet we have amazing graphical power and all these different innovations, and, and and to even bring it closer, like, I think that the circumstances are more than ripe for virtual reality to take off, because here you have consoles that are stagnant, you know, it's just more the same, uh, content just better, prettier graphics, I mean, I, I don't mean to knock on Titanfall, but that game does not look next gen, it doesn't, it, I, I mean, those graphics, I feel like they're just like, I'm, I'm sorry, it just doesn't look next gen, and, and... And and so and for that reason, like I mean, I could be playing that game on Xbox, Xbox 360, more more or less. Like, I'm sure they added extra, like you know, layers of complexity and multiplayerness. But the fuck do I need that for? Like, I want to be inside the, the the game already. Jesus Christ, it's a twenty, it's the 21st century. It's 2014. Let's get it together. And here's the thing, I think that mobile and, and what's happening in mobile is is just again is another factor that's gonna push these these publishers either over the edge, or to adopt virtual reality, because I can play Mario 64, I can play all these different games on my mobile phone or my iPad, like, like right now, why do I need this console, why do I need this $50 game where I can, you know, you know, play it on my phone, and so for that reason, you know, they're gonna have to, like, like what Nintendo's noticing, the, the mobile's eating their lunch money, like, they're gonna hopefully adopt a medium of consuming media that can't be replicated with mobile phones and mobile devices and and I think you're right man I, I think the circumstances are right for VR to take off but is there something that is holding it back in your in your mind or is or, or what are the obstacles for this to take off in the gaming industry
1: mm-hmm. well the obvious is what people talk about a lot is the, yeah, its failure to do so in the the, the 90s, you know, uh, everybody it, it, it's kind of been a joke since then. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you talk about VR, and people don't roll their eyes. You know, it's just that that, that 90s uh, pipe dream. But you know, getting around that, uh, I think you yeah, everybody so far is doing a, a great job at trying to uh, remove that. And what really does help is the VR. You know, VR I think speaks for itself. I technically never used an Oculus Rift, st still. I I can just I I am able to imagine it. You know, and I know exactly what it, you know is in there to an extent you can I I think it's you know, the R cells itself. You know, what you know, you people you know, they'll look at the device and roll their eyes or make whatever you know jokes about it and they put it on then they're instantly uh you, know, you know, change their mind is instantly changed. Yeah. Um <clears throat>
0: But that's gonna go away. I mean, that that notion of the 90s, I think, will go away immediately after they're at Best Buy or Walmart or Target, and all of a sudden they put this $300 headset over their head, over their face, and holy shit, I'm inside Skyrim or wherever you want to be. Like, I think that people, I think that's gonna play to the, that's gonna play into the hands of Oculus and, and VR. That that the fact that yes, the 90s sucked, and because of that, the standards for people are so low right now. I think. But I mean, aside from that, you know, do you think that the, the uh, that the console makers will will adopt virtual reality?
1: Um, I think they're going to try. Uh, we, we, well, we know Sony's been, you know, hinting about it, or various leaks have been hinting about Sony trying. But uh, I, I think the console makers are going to try. I don't know about the console game developers. You know, it's, they already have a lot on their plate trying to, uh, you know, pack as much as possible and, uh, you know, good resolution and frame rate to do that with the requirements for virtual reality. And my, I think that probably a lot of them are still going to be still making just screen-based games, even if they're
2: if Xbox or even if Microsoft or Sony had uh, HMDs.
0: Do you think we'll be you know in that same vein do you think we're going to be uh, we're going to be looking at a divided industry in terms of developers we'll see one kind of developer that only focuses on virtual reality and the other kind of developer that stays in the in the current paradigm because i mean you know if you, based on what you're and based on what we've been talking about you you are all in for this virtual reality thing and so you know Will that be a good thing or a bad thing that that we'll have this divided or this divide between two to, two forms of developers? Well, I
1: think that'll be a good thing. It's you know, you know, as, as much as I love uh, you know v- VR, the side of VR, and I think it's going to change everything. I, I, I'm not necessarily so sure that screen-based gaming is uh, going to you know just completely disappear. Mm-hmm. You know example would be like mobile you know offers a different experience than uh consoles you know you know just like screen based can offer different experiences and uh vr you know, i'm not sure exactly what's going to stay better and more popular and you know keep people wanting to play screen games versus going to vr i'm not you know that's going to be figured out all for itself hmm. uh, I think I think the, I think the will be
2: still around, and you know, you know, people there'll be people dev'ing for it. Yeah.
1: VR is, you know, I think there's in, in the next few years there'll be quite a few devs that are focusing on just VR games. It's, you know, I just can't really see it not happening.
0: What is so so because because we are. I, in my opinion, I, sti- I still think it's day zero. I, I still think we haven't even reached day one of, of this new medium of human-computer interaction. Do you, In your mind, what do you envision to be the worst case scenario for this technology and what do you think it will be the best case scenario for this technology?
1: Worst case scenario, like, how could it, you know, it all fail and not get adopted?
0: Take me on a wild ride, whatever you're thinking.
1: Um, Let's see. Uh, um, Oh, yeah, there's, you know, as far as, like, just bad bad outcomes that could come of it, it's just, you know, um, yeah, I'm trying to form words here, but let's see. Well, people are, are are expecting VR addiction, you know, like, you know, console-based games have been, a, a, or PC and console-based games have been addicting enough, like we talked about MMOs have been addicting, and there's been, a, like, a lot of stories out of, uh, you know, like, I hear, like, stories out of Korea happening a lot where people are mm-hmm. dying from you know, not eating for a few days, you know, that kind of thing. Because yeah. you know, they're just so addicted to, like, StarCraft or something like that. Um, you know, that's, you know, that has very strong potential in the VR. You know, the, you know I don't know how, I can't predict how good the, the games are gonna be, you know, too soon to know how soon that would be, but I think eventually the games are going to be so polished and so real and so immersive that, uh, you know they, they they could be addicting, they could uh, you know suck up uh, a lot of time each day you know it's yeah. um, you know, a lot of top topics that like uh you know how they're gonna they could destroy relationships or whatever you know you know, and, you know adult industries are getting interested in v r and you know' just to say that's not going to you know, negatively impact people's relationships when they're staying in VR or at yeah, strip clubs all day or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you think is the best case scenario?
1: Um... Uh, It's just pretty much uh, none of that happening. That <laughs> happening. That happening very little. Uh, best case scenario is uh, you know the you know like you know like violence. You know in you know violence in video games causing violent you know you know children or whatever that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, that that's going to be an ongoing thing no matter what. Hopefully, best case scenario that kind of stuff doesn't. You know, you know, pegged to VR too much, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, best case scenario, less than it has traditionally. Yeah, yeah, this, the best case scenario is just not happening bad, or bad things happening very, very
0: little. So, let me get this straight the worst case scenario is bad things happening, and the best case scenario is bad <laughs> things not happening. You have yeah. answered in the most elegant and most eloquent way anybody could have en- ever answered that question so i thank you for that dark akuma it has been an amazing pleasure having you on the show thanks so much for your time you have been an inspiring person i mean you uh seriously dude you're you're going out of your like you're you're yeah i you're a person you're a person who's following your dreams and even if you don't have a rift you're still doing it i admire that so much and thank you for bringing back my childhood inside of virtual reality, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I can't wait for the next few projects that you have in line. I will be following you around when you get famous, man. Um, how can people stay in touch with you? How can people stay connected? How can people stay informed? What's, give me give me the spiel. Yeah, you can, uh, uh,
1: I have my blog website where uh, people can follow my projects, which is uh, darkakuma.znet.us. Uh, I have a IRC channel linked to it there, you can contact me with that Uh, uh my email is posted in one of the pages, I think on my donate page uh, so you can contact us for that
0: and cool, do you have a Twitter handle or a Facebook page for your cookie yeah. or for Forest?
1: No, I I try to stay away from it, I'm not too interested in Facebook or Twitter, I've never
0: never quite appealed to me. Cool, do your thing. Uh, well, once again, the creator of Kokuri Forest and many more things to come in the future. Dark Akuma everyone, thanks so much for your time. You're welcome. Fun. Awesome. And that's it!